Hey, my name's Kira, and you are listening to the My Life Would Suck Without You podcast. Before I start today's episode, I just wanted to say thank you for the massive amount of support I've had from you guys. I'm absolutely overwhelmed at the amount of support I've had from you guys and at the time of recording we're at number 28 on the music podcast chart on Spotify and that is absolutely crazy to me. Never in my wildest dreams would I have expected to be that high on the charts or even chart with this podcast. I'm so overwhelmed by the support of everybody. If you've listened to the podcast, you've listened to the first episode, the whole of it or even just a little bit of it, I'm really, really appreciative of you. If you follow the My Life Would Suck Without You Instagram page, I'm really, really grateful for you. And if you don't and you're not from my Instagram and that's not how you know me and you found me through either Spotify or any other kind of way, the podcast Instagram is podcast, and you can find regular updates on there from me. Now let's get into the actual episode and in today's episode I'm going to be reviewing the album Glory Sound Prep by John Bellion, which is one of my favourite albums of all time. Like last time, before I start reviewing the album and giving you my rankings, I'm going to give you a little bit of background about the album. Glory Sound Prep is John Bellion's second studio album and was released on the 9th of November 2018 through Visionary Music Group and Capitol Records. He teased the album from April 2018 and it was announced on Twitter on October the 10th with the lead single Conversations With My Wife released on October 19th. The album's trailer video features Stormzy in an animated form completing a commencement speech at what looks like some kind of orientation for the album. John really wanted this album to speak for itself and didn't want to go out and do loads of promotion after feeling so heavily exhausted from promoting his previous album, The Human Condition, so much. The album was produced by John Bellion himself alongside Mark Williams and Raw Cabina. The album's title was inspired by the producers that John worked with as they collectively called themselves Glory Sound Prep. This album is labelled as multiple genres including pop, R&B, hip-hop and rock. Glory Sound Prep reached number 15 on the US Billboard 200 chart. Again, I would just like to point out that this ranking is completely my own opinion. I'm ranking them in order of my favourite songs on the album, not what's the best and what's the worst. So please respect my opinion as I also respect your opinions. In 10th place, I have put Adult Swim. This song is about John's newfound fame and how people in the media perceive him. The highlight of the track is his worry that he ruined his relationship with Beyonce after selling a song he wrote called Fall In Line to Christina Aguilera instead of her artist called Chloe and Halle. I personally am not a massive fan of the intro of this song and even the song as a whole isn't something I really connect with. One thing I do love about this song is the intertextuality. Before I start going through all of these points, I would just like to point out that this song is a rap song if you don't know it, and saying these lyrics, which I'm about to say, may be a bit difficult, so if I slip up, please excuse me. Firstly, John says, they'll say, get off your podium, life isn't Nickelodeon, orange you so dumb, Kenan and Kel, wow. Which is a reference to the Nickelodeon show Kenan and Kel, which aired between 1996 and 2000. The lyric, I'm silencing the lamb, call me Hannibal, failed, is a reference to the 1991 horror film Silence of the Lambs, which includes the main character Hannibal Lecter, who is a psychopathic serial killer and cannibal, which contrasts with John being a vegan. 
The lyric, it's not a mystery to decode a fan in yourself. This man's on fire, I can't pretend I'm not talented, is a reference to actress Dakota Fanning playing a kidnap victim in the 2004 film Man on Fire. My Baby's Driving I'm Ansel is a reference to the actor Ansel Elgort in the 2017 film Baby Driver. I'm Hansel Zoolander Handsome is a reference to the 2001 Ben Stiller comedy Zoolander. It's Whoopi Goldberg, The Way My Sisters Act Up, is a reference to the actress Whoopi Goldberg, starring as Dolores Van Cartier in the 1992 film Sister Act and the sequel. Every Time I Drove a Car Could Have Twisted the Metal is a reference to the video game Twisted Metal that was released in 2000. Trying to Kill Your Nephews Like I've Been Effing with Scar is a reference to the 1994 Disney film The Lion King, where the villain is called Scar, and his objective is to become king and eliminate anybody who gets in his way. These aren't even all of the references in the song, but to include this many is incredibly clever and just mind-blowing as far as I'm concerned. Lyrically, this song is a masterpiece, however, production-wise and in terms of my personal taste, I wouldn't say it's something I listen to on a regular basis and connect with very strongly. In ninth place, I have put Let's Begin. I love the instrumentation at the beginning of this song. I'm not really a rap fan, so I don't really like the start of it in a vocal perspective however i love the production particularly in the second verse which is john's verse because i think it fits really well with the vocals and because the production is so minimal and simple it makes the lyrics stand out and this is definitely a song where the lyrics are what needs to be focused on rather than the production and the overall sound of it i like the production on the chorus it's a fun and quirky beat which i really respect now, I have absolutely no idea who Rock Marciano, Beakies and RZA are, but I do love this song, particularly from a lyrical perspective, and I do quite like the outro that Travis Mendes sings. I love the lyrics, said I got lucky, the last record that you all was blessed with, watch me give you sequels, I'm Danny Glover in Lethal Weapon. This lyric is referring to John's first album, The Human Condition, which debuted at number 5 in the Billboard 200 and was certified gold in 2017, with the lead single, All Time Low, being certified triple platinum. The Danny Glover reference links to the 1987 comedy film, Lethal Weapon, which starred Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. By comparing himself to Danny Glover, John is suggesting that he didn't get lucky with his previous project and that he will consistently release high-quality records that are commercially successful. Another lyric I really like is, I'm really better than everybody pretends to be, so ask the label now, why the F would I want an urban feature? Which is a lyric I heavily enjoyed screaming at his concert in London in October 2019. In this lyric, John is saying that he puts his heart and soul into his art, and that some artists put up a front to make it more appealing to the rest of the world and to the people that are going to listen to it. Essentially, he is saying that he prefers his upfront and personal emotional and heartfelt style of music compared to the false and exaggerated things that other artists sing about so why on earth would he want to have someone feature on his track who's pretending he's going to find people to work with who inspire him who speak their truth and are honest in their songwriting so that he can continue to create music that he enjoys creating one of the lyrics that i really love is champagne supernovas destroy the morning glory i'd rather build an oasis sober and thrive at 40. In this lyric, John is referencing the British band Oasis and their well-known tracks Morning Glory and Champagne Supernova. He uses these song references to describe how alcohol ruins the next day, which is also known as a hangover, and he's saying that he refrains from drinking because he'd much rather stay sober during the prime of his life so he can still be healthy and thriving when he's 40. 
The lyric, I'm done pretending your record's great and I'm down to work, is John saying that he doesn't throw out high praise left and right to artists whose work he doesn't truly believe in. And I think that's really important because a lot of singers will have a lot of friends who are singers and they're just gonna, you know, immediately tell the world that they love their songs and be like, oh, go listen to so-and-so's new album because they're my best friend or whatever. But they might not actually like the music. So I can understand John saying that he's only going to share and appreciate music that he believes in and that he enjoys. And I completely agree. And I would do the same thing. I don't listen to or talk about or share any music that I don't like. In fact, anybody who does know me knows that I'm more than happy to post about music that I don't like and tell people why I don't like it. (laughs) In eighth place, I've put Mars Joint. In this song, John is talking to his mother, sharing a story of hers and the toll of watching her struggle taking care of her own mother as she suffers from some form of dementia, which is likely Alzheimer's disease. As John's grandmother gets sicker, things only become that much more difficult for his own mother, who is taking care of her and her home. John uses this song to honour his mother and share an appreciation for time and memories that he's gained from this experience. Among everything else, this song is also a tribute to mothers everywhere, dead or alive, as narrated by Quincy Jones. I think this song personally is so emotional and heartfelt, and although I'm not usually a fan of long songs because of my short attention span, this is a song I really connect with and I think it's beautiful. I particularly like part one. If you didn't know, this song was originally written in three parts and then put all together afterwards. The first part is from the beginning to the end of the second chorus. The second part is from the lyric for the mothers who are with us physically up to the lyric for the mothers who are with us spiritually. And then the third part is the rest which contains non-lyrical vocals. I think the lyric, there's a sorry that you fake to keep her happy when she thinks she hasn't seen you in so long, is referring to how although he regularly visits her, she does forget because of the condition that she has, which I think is just so heartbreaking, especially if you're on the receiving end of that. And if it's someone like a parent to you, you're not going to want them to forget who you are and it can be really, really hard to deal with. And then he includes his own perspective when he says the lyric, what's the point in making memories when you can't even find them when you're 70? Obviously, this is linking to dementia and John is saying, what is the point in creating all of these beautiful memories if he's not going to remember them in his later life? Not many forms of dementia are actually genetic, but most people with a grandparent or parent with dementia commonly get worried about it being genetic and tend to fall into pits of depression because of it. The lyric, conversations with my father, there's a point in making memories because they'll be even better when we're heavenly, shows that even if our memories are temporarily lost as we age, they will be with us eternally once we pass on into the afterlife. In seventh place, I've put Cautionary Tales. Cautionary Tales is a song written like a fairy tale or a story or a fable that is passed down through generations via word of mouth alone. John starts by talking about how his fans see him as a legend, but he states that the fame started to rip him apart and he wants to be seen as a regular guy again, not wanting to be treated specially. And that he makes his music out of love for music and creating art and not down to fans, fame or critics. I really like the intro to this song. It's a really vibey song. The message of the lyrics is so important. I love the melodies, particularly in the bridge, and also the outro is just something that I think should be really heavily admired. In my opinion, John Bellion is such an underrated artist, and I think that his work should be much more highly rated. I know he does have a lot of big songwriting credits for songs like 
The Monster by Eminem and Rihanna. However, his own songs are really, really good too. And songs like this really do prove that he deserves so much more hype. And the messages behind his songs are so much more intricate and carefully decided than a lot of today's music, which is just about either relationships or sexual topics. When he gets confronted with the more negative aspects of his fame, he sometimes can question his faith, which is seen in songs like Maybe I Don't Know and Hand of God. And sometimes he even denounces the amount of fame he has received because he feels like it could be more harmful to him than it can be good. This can be seen in songs like New York Soul Part 2, Fashion, and a song I'm actually going to talk about in a minute called The Internet. In sixth place, I have put Blue. In this song, John acknowledges the internal conflict between his pride and his happiness as he decides to give up some of the control he has always had over his life to his wife. Access to that happiness and love comes with a large vulnerability and potential for pain that he would be otherwise shielded from. After coming to terms with that and realising that she's worth the risk, John concedes and allows himself to fall deeper in love with her. John creates parallels between falling in love and falling for her eyes, which are more than likely blue as suggested by a lot of the lyrics and the title. He expands on them through metaphor by mixing in concepts of oceans, outer space and skydiving. These symbols are often utilised to convey depth, vastitude and insurmountability. The lyric messing with my pride thinking any time you could just get up and go is John saying that he's worried that things could go wrong with a significant other at any time and she could just leave him whenever she felt like it. He's happy with how things are but he's always had this feeling in the back of his mind that one day she might actually abandon him. The lyric fighting it is hopeless sinking in your ocean is John combining the metaphor for his wife's blue eyes with the idea of falling in love which I just think is absolutely beautiful and that concept is just so thoughtful and just magical to me. I absolutely love that. I am a hopeless romantic, definitely. So when it comes to lyrics like that, I'm just like, oh my God, you really are in love to be able to say that. He compares the action to drifting in outer space or sinking into an ocean to emphasise how vast, incomprehensible and possibly dangerous this is to love somebody else completely knowing that it will cost him his pride and open him up to the risk of possibly being hurt. The line, just like he designed me to do, is a reference to God and how he meant for John to be falling in love with this person rather than going against God. John's conviction that she's the one grows strong enough for him to ultimately conclude that God must have designed him to fall for her. In fifth place, I've put Couples Retreat. Production-wise, I absolutely love this song. It's something you can bop your head to and I absolutely love the production between the chorus and verse 2. Melodically and rhythmically, I love this song and I think there's so many elements that make it so unique. The song details a rocky relationship where two people involved are both tense, with a lot on their minds, a lot to deal with, but ultimately they find peace within each other. The song is not super heavy and loud with the production, almost making it seem like a softer, slower, jam type of song, which is fitting with the overall message. The lyric, you crashed in my car, I effed up vacation, is a reference to the song Do Over by Travis Mendes, who actually features on this album. In this song, there is a lyric which says, because my God, you sure do know how to ruin a vacation, which inspired the whole song Couples Retreat. And in the Glory Sound Prep documentary, which is on YouTube, John says that that lyric from Do Over is the only reason he wrote the song Couples Retreat. 
The lyric, I might have been tired, you might have been hungry, I might have said something, you might have done nothing, is John blaming the couple's fights less on what problems are maybe in their relationship and more on the little things like being tired or hungry which aren't necessarily to do with the relationship. He might be ignoring the real problems because he's scared of losing the girl. Ignoring problems in a relationship typically only makes these problems worse and this is basically what the song is about. In fourth place, I have put the internet. Now, I love this song insane amounts. I love the production of this song so much. It's, I love the background vocals, the bass line, the brass instrumentation, just wow. I particularly adored the bridge production-wise and lyrically. I just can't fault this song. It comes across as a very dancey, fun and upbeat song, but the message behind it is very deep and important. The song is a direct continuation of the dialogue John started in his songs Woke the F Up and touched on again in Conversations with My Wife, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, about social media and the difference between the way people present their lives and the way their lives actually are. The song sees John making fun of how people have become so focused on how others view what they actually do rather than their actual deeds and that that no longer matters or have any value to them. It's not about the deed, it's about making sure other people think that it has happened. The opening lyric of the song and a lyric that is used at the start of the chorus is Life became dangerous the day we all became famous. Prior to the invention of social media, the endless requirement to keep a public facade was limited to those in the public eye. But with the invention of social media, we were all thrust into the public eye and consequently became equally as shallow as many celebrities have. Being in the public eye, we now orchestrate our social media to depict ourselves as something we often aren't. This theme is continued in the lyrics, no one cares if you're happy just as long as you claim it, and no one cares if you have it just as long as they think you do. Due to the superficiality of a social media profile, we don't even have to achieve anything. We just have to act as if we've already got it, and everyone will take that presentation at face value. People can make themselves out to be whatever they want, and nobody's going to call them out on it, because everybody else is doing exactly the same thing. No one is really living anymore, they're just acting like they are. In third place, I have put JT. I absolutely love this song. I love the production, particularly the pre-chorus and chorus and the way that they come together. I love all of John Bellion's songs, melodically and vocally. Um, But this song in particular is just really special to me and really sticks out. In this song, John is reminiscing on the past when he used to dream about what he has now and all the fame and the fortune. In particular, the lyric, I've seen this in my head a million times, but to see it come to life is just insane, is where he is talking about how he regularly envisions being successful and has done so for so many years, but now his dreams have come true, he really can't believe it. John is known for being a very religious person, as this is a topic he sings a lot about in many of his tracks, and in JT he continues this ongoing theme. He says, I fought my way to greatness, I could claim this, but he gave me the brain. The he in question is supposedly God, as he believes that all of his success and his ability to make music is all down to God helping him, which I think is just such a special and really important lyric, because only few people, I believe, cherish life enough to see it through that perspective, and the fact that he incorporates his belief into his music is just so beautiful to me. Lyrically, I think the chorus is something we need to talk about. It starts off with, remember dreams seem far away was pinching pennies like Lane and Hardaway, which is basically John saying that his path to stardom was a long one, which may have caused him to resort to trying different ways of trying to save money. 
Penny's Like Lane is allegedly a reference to the song Penny Lane by the Beatles, in which the song describes the hard-working everyday lives of many people. Also, Hardaway is a reference to the American basketball player and coach Anthony Penny Hardaway, so these references all link to people who had to work to make their dreams come true, and this is why he's used them, because this is the nature of the song. The lyric, now my beats make feasts for holidays in Greece, and I don't mean John Travolta, show that John has never been shy about his success. On top of his own albums, he's produced big hits like The Monster by Eminem and Rihanna, and also Trumpets by Jason Derulo. The link with John Travolta is a link to John Travolta starring in the film Grease, which is a place he name drops in the song. In second place and winning my silver medal for today's album review is Stupid Deep. In this song Stupid Deep, John is seen questioning if the driving force behind his accomplishments is the hole in his heart, a heart that to him feels really bottomless. John wonders if the things he hopes for are the things he might actually already have. The lyric, what if who I hoped to be was always me, is John asking himself if who he always tried to be was the person he always actually was. He tries to change himself to meet the expectations of others, but he realises that his strength and his happiness came from who he was already, because God made him that way, and that's the way he should be. The lyric, and the love I fought to feel was always free, is about God's love being completely free to those who believe in it. John is a believer of Christ, which I've mentioned previously, but he has actually struggled a lot in his faith. He needed love, so he fought to earn earthly love, and here he reflects that the love he needed was from God and not from anybody else. The lyric, because the hole inside my heart is stupid deep, is John knowing that there is something inside of him that's missing, and he desperately really wants to fill that void. A theme throughout this song is that while he always tries to make himself feel better with money, fame, power, women, etc, he is never fully satisfied by these things. He believes that he'll be much happier when he fills his life with God and with love, rather than these superficial things that most people care about more. However, the hole in his heart is so very deep that he sometimes thinks about still being sad despite knowing that God loves him very much. A lyric that personally really sticks out to me is, the path I've tried to cut was always clear. A common struggle for every human is the want to make their own destiny. John tried making his own destiny and making his own fame even though it was always there for him. God already had his path laid out from the beginning and gave John the ability to go down that path. I think that the production in this song is just beautiful. This is a really emotional and captivating song lyrically, but I think the production also really supports its concept. John's sister, Christiane, actually did some of the accompanying vocals on this track, and her voice is just stunning. If you want to see the process of this song, as with a lot of other songs on this album, I think that you should check out the Glory Sound Prep documentary on YouTube. Um, I really, really enjoyed watching this and it was so good to see the process of him making the songs, his inspiration behind them and how they were created with his team. Vocally, I think this song is absolutely stunning. It's very raw and honest, which is something that I think is so special about the art of making music. I love how the production is very minimal on the second to last chorus and the focus of the message that John is trying to get across. But then between this chorus and the very last chorus, the production builds up and then the last chorus is extremely strong and powerful. Vocally, I adore the last chorus because of how he just lets loose and he just relieves all of these thoughts that he's having and that's really, really evident in not only when you're watching him sing it in the documentary but also when you hear the song just with audio.
winning this week's top spot and my favourite song on this album, the gold medal if you like, is awarded to Conversations With My Wife. This is one of my favourite songs ever, not just on this album and not just by John Belly. And I think the message behind it is so important. When I was watching the Glory Sound Prep documentary, I saw that there was an acoustic version and I stopped watching immediately to go and see if it was on Spotify. It was, and I think you guys should check it out. It is a studio version, but it's not like a fully like serious thing. There is a bit where he just like kind of stops and just like is chill with it. He's not taking it extremely seriously, but I love it. And I think the violin in it and the instruments and the piano part, I absolutely adore. In this song, it involves John questioning his wife about her commitment to him beyond social media. He wants their love to be real and last outside of the followers and the fame of his music. In the age of social media, your online persona and followers can be driving the force of how someone perceives you, which is something I talked about a little bit in my previous episode and is something I feel very, very passionately about. Here, John invites his wife to essentially run away with him and that they get lost so much in each other away from the spotlight and the social media, which is his biggest issue. John has openly spoke in interviews online and in other documentaries and things like that about how he really, really hates social media which is kind of obvious considering his Instagram account is barely used. He really doesn't like the concept of it and he, think pe- and he thinks that people should live in real life. And although I do agree with that, I now can't imagine my life without social media. But at the same time, if I didn't have it and it was never a thing, uh, I think life would be a bit better off because everybody would just be a bit more realistic and there wouldn't be any false expectations or anything like that. Here he creates a metaphor for social media followers. He's mentioning Jesus, and Jesus is notably known for having disciples, also known as followers, most of them who would do almost anything for him. Him saying he doesn't want to be a digital Jesus would mean that he doesn't want people to rely on his every word for their next step, and to use their own processes and make their own moves that are the best for them. Essentially, he's saying that he doesn't want his account to be him being essentially Jesus and that the people who follow him on his social media accounts aren't waiting for him to tell them what to do next with their lives, which I think is such a special concept. The lyric, who the F cares about all these plaques on my wall, you're still the only thing I've done right, is John reiterating that even with everything he's achieved in his life, his wife will hold the number one spot on his list of accomplishments. For those of you who don't know and are surprised, like me, John actually is married and he has been since the start of 2018. And at first when I heard this song and I saw the title Conversations with My Wife, I was like, wait, he's married. Uh, But I looked it up and he confirmed it in a Twitter post because somebody was questioning it when the song actually came out. And his actual response was something along the lines of, Yes, I've been married since the start of 2018, now can we go back to focusing on the music? Which I just thought was hilarious, Um, but also at the same time, he has a point and people shouldn't be focusing on that, they should be focusing on the art that he's made. Going back to the actual lyric, he's received a lot of awards over the years, he's received some Grammys and stuff for his songwriting, for his production, so this is what the plaques on his wall is referring to. So, would I recommend Glory Sound Prep? In short, my answer would be, of course. For me, again, like Reputation, it is a non-skip album. I absolutely adore this album, production-wise, vocally and lyrically. I think it is incredible, and you should definitely go check it out. 
If you listen to it and realise you're not that keen, maybe check out some of John Bellion's other music, like from his four mixtapes or from his first studio album, The Human Condition. The song that you might know off that is All Time Low, which is being seen a lot on like Musical.ly and TikTok and his and is John Bellion's biggest song. My personal favourites from The Human Condition would be Guillotine, Woke the F Up and Overwhelming, which are definitely some songs I think you guys should check out and start with if you're going to listen to that album. If John Bellion maybe isn't for you, then I hope you enjoyed this episode anyway and like learning a little bit about who he is and about his music. And I hope that you'll like episodes in the future and I hope I can help you find some new music that you're going to fall in love with. So that is my complete ranking and album review. I know that this week's episode was a little bit shorter than last week's episode, but the reason that I am doing that is because I want to see if a shorter episode resonates better with you guys and that more people listen to it because it's not as long. Um, But if you guys prefer the longer episode and you actually like it where I'm just kind of like chatting a bit more, then I'm more than happy to go back to doing the more lengthier episodes. But please do just let me know either on Instagram or if you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and that'd be great. Remember to follow the My Life Would Suck Without You Instagram page, which is MLWSWY podcast, uh, to keep updated about all the updates that I have, about any news, about anything to do with the podcast, really. And also, if you click the link in the bio of that account, you can go to the feedback form. And I'd really, really appreciate it if you filled that in just to give me feedback on your thoughts about the podcast and about future episodes and what you want to see from me in the future. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. Remember to follow the podcast on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and also do the feedback form which is linked on my Instagram page and maybe give me a follow while you're there. Thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode and I will see you again very, very soon with another album review. (laughs) 